0: You are now, listen to the moon child. Just listen to these vibes real quick. Just bob your head with me. I'm not here to make excuses or nothing I picked up another job so this past week I was stuck with three jobs and I was telling you guys in the last episode that I got my second job and I just had to leave that second job because I picked up another job that was closer to where I live so as far as you know with my uploading I'm figuring out how my work schedule is going to work this week and I'm most likely going to be working five to six days a week, so I have to make sure I record it, I have to publish episodes on days that I do work, and I just got to find myself a good time where I give myself enough time to rest, clear my mind, and as well as have my, you know, my enthusiasm for the episodes that I put in, and this week I'm going to be starting my new job, so I'm going to figure out how my schedule works, and I'm going to Pumping out these episodes and keep coming at you with it. So, still figuring some th- things out, but I'll for surely get it figured out soon. And yeah, it's a good time. It's I'm not in school, just working. um It feels good that I'm gonna be getting more income, and just trying to build a good work ethic. You know, it sucks, but it's the position I'm in. I gotta survive, and you know, it's shout out to capitalism. It's just. It's just the position I'm in, but I'm happy to be alive. There's so much more to be grateful about, and yeah. And today's episode, I'm going to go over the All-Star break. It's officially the end of the first half of the season. I'm going to talk about who is buying, who's selling, and I'm going to talk about if the Kings should sell and tank, or if they should just try to keep on competing. And honestly, it's been cool to cover... This whole 2020 to 2021 season, really the 2021 season's only been like eight days in the 2020 year, the calendar year. Uh, I've been having fun watching and keeping up with the season. I think there's a lot of good basketball being played. A lot of the stars are are back. You know, having KD and Curry just makes a lot of things, a lot of things more fun, even though KD's been missing some time. But he was playing. He's shown that he's back off the Achilles. He's good. And we've just been witnessing some very good high-level basketball, in my opinion, lately. Sucks without the fans, but the fans are starting to come back. We're starting to get more laws available. Um, For California-wise, we're going to get fans back in April. Um, New York has gotten their fans back. So hopefully I'll be able to go to some Kings games towards the end of this year. Uh, It should be cheap because we might not be winning. We might have no reason to be playing When it's April and we're going to be, you know, near the playoff time. But I'm always down to go watch a good basketball game. I'm a lover lover of the game. Um, I still play to this day on some occasions. I've been been going to some open runs lately and I've been getting my ass kicked. I'm so rusty. Uh, I'm still getting back to it. I'm looking like Corey Joseph out there. So I got to get better myself. (laughs) But... What I want to talk about first from the All Star break, we seen the All Star game. I think it was kind of whack. I wasn't able to watch it, but you know, no fans for All Star game. And, you know, you don't know, got the, all the celebrities and notoriety and all the people and whatever. Uh, but it's cool that this, it still got to be played. Team LeBron dominated. Seeing Steph out there just, just pulling from range and turning around is just crazy what he's doing. I'm, 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 look, I'm going to tell you here. I'm going to tell you first. Look, he has potential to become the greatest basketball player of all time. Um, I don't hold LeBron on another standard compared to Steph Curry. That's just my pure opinion. You're talking about a guy that changed the game of basketball and who's dominant in his era. So it's cool to see what he's doing, as well as Dame Lillard. But I want to give my MVP so far, and I'm going to go from five to one and it's like i said there's like nine guys putting up mvp numbers but it has to do with team record and also just dominance pure dominance and who's helping their team who's leading their team to success while also displaying a dominant performance and i'm gonna start from five to one i'm not gonna start from one to five i remember doing that last time but it's a close race when it comes to the top top two but um Starting off with number five, I actually have a tie between two players, and it's it's similar but different situations. So, I have at five tied with Steph Curry, and James Harden. Yes, James Harden is top five in the MVP conversation now, and as the season progresses, he might keep moving up depending where they finish off in the East. And we were talking. So, as far as Steph's side, Steph is putting MVP numbers. He's putting up top three numbers in my opinion and he's performing top three in my opinion as well but it's not leading to too much team success he's doing everything he can to get the team into playoff contention they are in playoff contention but there are guys that are putting up MVP numbers and then that's also having team success so that's why Steph is at number five and you'll know why I have him at five compared to the the four guys that I have ahead of him but tie with him on his level is James Harden now James Harden was off to a shaky shot shaky start not because of his basketball play but because of the situation he was in with the Rockets and all that but ever since he became to the Nets I haven't seen him have a game where he has had under 10 assists he's getting 11 to 12 assists in his sleep he can also get you 30 whenever he wants Um, he's also getting triple doubles with ease and he's became the best playmaker in the NBA this year. He's just turned into John Stockton mode. And we just got to respect James Harden and how versatile he's offensive player he's at, he has. And you can't call him selfish. I understand the style of basketball he was playing in Houston, but that's the style that they wanted. They wanted him to hold the ball, waste the most of, you know, they wanted him to either, when they when the Rockets weren't playing fast, Their half-court style offense was ISO ball through James Harden. They wanted him to hold the whole shot clock ISO because they felt like that was the best way for them to win. He was playing the way that he was told to play. So that was the Rockets' philosophy. They built their roster around that philosophy, and they unfortunately didn't win a championship. James Harden was doing everything he was told to do. Now, if you throw it back to OKC, he could have easily been a starter. He could have easily complained about going somewhere else. No, he's... Stuck to a six-man role, and he became the best at. A, he became a six-man of the year. He became the best at his role. So he did everything they was asking him to do, and then he got traded to Houston. Did what he was supposed to do. Became the star that they traded for. Now he's in in Brooklyn, and he's the primary playmaker. And he's doing that exactly. He's getting his teammates involved. He passes first. He scores second when he needs to. And they're getting a lot of wins. And he did that just joining a new team. Right off the bat. So, everything Everything he's doing, um, it's legendary in my opinion. And when I think of James Harden, um, he's also very durable. He's playing every game. He's not missing any games. He doesn't load manage. He shows up every night. You know, whether he comes from the strip club or whatever, he's going to get you 30 and 10. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you just got to respect him. And I think, um, you know, when we're watching LeBron at 36, it's going to be interesting when we see KD... James Harden, Steph Curry, because these guys don't use their athleticism. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how how long they go. And James Harden and KD, I think, I, when I look at KD, I think of Kareem and how I think KD, if he wants to, he can just play until he's 42, doing what he's doing, just being an unstoppable sniper. And when I think of James Harden, I can see him playing for as long as he wants because he doesn't rely on athleticism and he just has a ball on the string. I can see him at 40 years old just doing a step-back jumper or muscling, you know, guards his size, going to the basket, drawing fouls for free throws because he just seems like a guy. I can't see James Harden. He seems like a guy that just loves playing basketball, and he's proven it. He plays every game, and he goes out there and balls out, so he doesn't rely on athleticism on his offensive game either. So it's going to be interesting. I could see him... At forty years old, being an elite six man or something, you know what I'm saying. So, James Harden, I can see like a better version of Jamal Crawford when it comes to James Harden. So we'll see how the future goes. But James Harden, Steph Curry, they're tied in fifth for my MVP rankings. Fourth, I have Dame. Dame is still leading his team to wins. They haven't had CJ McCollum. They haven't had Nurkic. He's putting up the same numbers as Steph Curry, but he's leading to more wins than Steph Curry. Um, he's in the final five minutes. He's a force to be reckoned with. He's always shutting down the game. I just watched him do it against the Kings for the last game before the um, All Star break. Dame does his thing in the crunch time. The best leader in the NBA, hands down. Loyal, and he ain't running away. He ain't running away from the grind. He truly believes that he can win a championship um, in Portland. And he's going to keep competing to do so. And that's something I have a total respect for. Number three, I got Yoke God, Jokic. If you talk about stati- statistical numbers, efficiency, plus minus, that's all Jokic. Now, if you just want to scratch the numbers away and you want to talk about the eye tests, you just see what Jokic does, especially when it comes to the fourth quarter, when they just throw it to him in the post. You can't do nothing about it. You can't stop him one on one. And if you dare to bring a double team he will find any cutter or any open man with his eyes behind his head he'll throw it no look looking he'll do it on the fast break he's a top five passer in nba he's a top five rebounder in nba and he can score when he wants to he can score on all three levels the mid-range three-pointer post, post fadeaway whatever you want from him he can do it and he he lays it out every single night on top of that, what's underrated? He's been doing his job on the defensive end. He's not getting cooked defensively. Um, he's been one of the better defensive players um, by the numbers and the percentage in defensive player ratings um, this year. He's uh, not he's not a he's not an elite rim protector. Um, he's actually top ten in steals, I believe, either top ten or top fifteen. And he he's always in the right position. He's not. You don't have to be an elite rim protector to be a great defender. So he holds his own. He also has a weight and size advantage and that he knows how to use his body really well. Yoke is just dominant. It's fun to watch him. Too bad his team ain't helping him at the same way it was last year because they lost Jeremy Grant and Miles Um, But they do have some young pieces that's starting to develop. I do like Fasundo Campazo. He's starting to come along. Uh, I think he should be the starting point guard and Jamal Murray should just switch to the two. Um, Fasando Campazo, he's bringing a lot of energy, and he's adjusted to the NBA pretty well as the season moved along. So Jokic is third, and if he had a better record, if he had a, the best record in the West right now, he would for sure be the favorite. Now number two and number one, whew, it's tough. It's really really tough. But right now number two, it's LeBron James. I'm sorry, Sexuals. I'm sorry, the Bron fans. I'm sorry to Laker fans. You have to hear this, but LeBron James is not number one MVP candidate right now, but he is number two. He is playing at extremely high level. He is in leading his team to the third place in the Western Conference. He does not have Anthony Davis right now. He's played every single game except for one. And that was against my team, the Kings and the Kings still barely won that game. Cause I don't think he, I don't think LeBron felt like just taking a trip to Sacramento. I take it as disrespectful, but the Kings deserve to be disrespected. So what can I be mad about? Um, but it's just crazy to see what he's doing. You know, you obviously, you know, scratch the, oh, he's 36 part. You know what I'm saying? He's a walk in 28, seven, seven and eight. He does it consistently on every single night. He's going to get his, he's going to get his teammates involved. And he does it on a nightly basis while always being a top three team in his respected conference. So, you know, LeBron just being one of the greatest players of all time as he is. And he's just doing his thing. But there is one guy who's just more dominant. And it's not even because, well, not only that he's more dominant, he just has some physical advantages as well. And I got Joel Embiid as the MVP favorite right now what he is doing is insane um with like I say I Philly has a the way Philly is running their offense is we're gonna score or we're gonna score and basically if you choose to go one-on-one with Embiid Embiid's gonna score if you choose the double team he's gonna kick it out to either Tobias a slashing Ben Simmons Seth Curry or uh, um or another shooter in Danny Green or Shake Milton, whoever. Uh, and they're going to get their open shots. But Joel Embiid, here's the funny thing about Joel Embiid. Uh, he leads the league. What, what he's doing right now is he's very, I, I hate to say it, but he's very KD-like right now with his mid-range. Um, he get the ball in the post. Not only that, he's 7'2", 270 pounds, and he can dominate you in the paint. He can dunk on you. He's going to finish on you. But he's the best mid-range shooter this season. So he is literally unstoppable once he gets to his spot in the post. Unstoppable, whole mid-range area. And he has a bag. Oh, trust me. He has a bag. He has this one little step-back jumper. He has all the moves. He has the shimmy, shimmy. He He has the dream fake. He has the spin. He has every single move. He has unstoppable footwork. He is literally unstoppable work. Literally, if the only thing that's stopping Joel Embiid is his health. And that's why I have Philly coming out the East. Because unless Brooklyn gets something to at least contain that... Because DeAndre Jordan's not going to be enough. They're going to have to get Andre Drummond. And we'll talk about that in a second. But there is nothing stopping Joel Embiid. There's there's nobody stopping him. Unless you get yourself a, a superior rim protector. And a guy... You know, there's a couple of guys that, you know, can give him problems. But I think the guy that can give him the most problems is on his own team. And he has Dwight Howard coming off the bench to fill in when the, the 10 to 15 minutes when he's not on the court. You have Dwight Howard, a three-time defensive player of the year, defending the paint. So, and also, they're first in the East, leading this team to the best record. So what Joel Embiid is doing right now, he's playing at an extremely high level. He's playing at an MVP level. He is definitely my favorite. Nobody is stopping him right now. And he's constantly bringing it every night. So that's the MVP. Right now, it can definitely change. We'll see how it goes. MB does have to finish the season off strong. But right now, he's definitely the MVP. Honorable mentions. You got Giannis. um, You got Kyrie even. You even got Bradley Beal. Wizards are starting to make their way up there. Um, Who else can you even say? um yeah i would say those that that's it you know you can't not everybody can be not everybody can be an mvp but yeah Giannis and Giannis and uh bradley beal is is some honorable mentions and you can even throw you can even throw Kawhi there in, in in a sense so that's what i got and now let's talk about who is buying and who is selling now what i mean who is buying and who is selling is the buyers is like you know teams that are contending for a championship who can they buy like who can they trade for um that can add to their team to help them compete for a championship and what i mean by selling is who's gonna sell to trade away pieces that they don't need because they know that they are not contending for the playoffs this year so let's talk about who is buying and the buyers i think you know the only buyers that i would say that i care about you The only buyers that's not a championship contender that can potentially be buying is the Warriors. But as far as championship contenders, because Warriors are not there yet without Klay Thompson, I think they will for sure be a championship contender next year. But uh, the buyers, I got 76ers, Lakers, Nets, Bucks, Clippers, Jazz. And that's who the teams I think that are championship contenders. Oh, Actually, you can also throw the Heat. You can also throw the Heat in there, and maybe even the Celtics. Now, if you're talking about to run them down real quickly, the Celtics need two things. They need a they need an interior big, and they can use another forward because they are missing Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier as extra scores right now. And they definitely need a big because Daniel Thyss won't be enough, or Tristan Thompson. Unfortunately, they need a they can they need a seven footer if they get a chance, and as well as the Heat. They need a real rim rim protector um, with size instead of Kelly O'Linick and injured Miles Leonard. I think JaVale McGee would be a good option for them. And they can also use a point guard um, that can help them out. But um, as far as the teams that I just listed, you got the 76ers. Now, I think this is the team that doesn't need to buy the most. I think they can go. If they don't want to make no trades at the deadline, I totally respect it. Um, but if they could, if they do, if they want to get aggressive, I think an extra shooter. The more shooters, the better. The more shooters for Embiid, the better. The more space for him, and he's willing to kick it out, and that's the more space for Ben Simmons as well. The Lakers, they need a rim protector now. So do the Nets. They need a rim protector. It's key for one of them to. Because if the Cavs buy out Andre Drummond, Lakers or Nets. Is gonna be fighting for that guy, and that can be the butterfly effect, and that can be the game changer. They both desperately need another rim protector. Marcus Shaw is not enough. Marcus Saul and Montrez Harrell is not enough for the Lakers, um, and and for the Nets, DeAndre Jordan is not enough as well. Neither is Nicholas Claxton. Now the Bucks, um, I like their starting lineup. I think they need to invest into a six man. Um, kind of like what the Jazz did with, with Jordan Clarkson. If you can find yourself a score or a guy, can, you know, a guy who can become a big, be, be, damn, I'm fucking stuttering. Let me slow down. If they can get a guy that can come off the bench and get you 15 points, you know, potentially a game, um, then you got something that's going to help them out a lot. I think they need a, a spark plug coming off the bench if they can get it. The Clippers, they desperately need Desperately need a starting point guard. Um, they need a guy, they need a floor general. That way, Kawhi and Paul George can get to their spots and in crunch time, where Kawhi or Paul George shouldn't have to be playmaking for others, and that's what they've been struggling with. The Jazz, um, they don't desperately need to buy anything because their chemistry is so well, but if they get a chance, if they can, I think they should invest into a backup point guard as well. They have a young backup point guard, so that's. That's more minutes on Donovan Mitchell and and Mike Conley. If they can get another ball handler, and that would make Jordan Clarkson's job a lot easier as a scorer coming off the bench. They can get a nice point guard. Um, that's a willing passer and a floor general. I think um, I think that can help them push him over the top to compete for a championship as well. Now here's some sellers. Now here's some options. Now when I list these sellers, you can probably kinda put I'm gonna put two and two together or which team can kind of go after them so you got the sellers you know teams that are probably not competing or you got some bad contracts that they don't need and they could just continue to play young players and build for the future now the Cavs got some interesting option they got three they got three things they can sell so now that they got Jared Allen they don't need Andre Drummond so I don't know if they're gonna buy out or trade Andre Drummond and who knows why the Cavs even traded for Andre Drummond but who knows why the Pistons traded away Andre Drummond for Brandon Knight that trade literally made no sense but the things that they can sell you know you got Larry Nance you got Andre Drummond and you even got Kevin Love still um those are some options now we already know where Andre Drummond could potentially land is the Nets and the Lakers uh Larry Nance can help a team out like um, like the they can help out the uh I would say they can help out the Bucks they can he can help out the Celtics Uh, He can help out the Heat. And what other team can Larry Nance help out? I think he can help out the the Jazz as well. I would say those teams, Larry Nance can help. Um, Also the Raptors. He can help out the Raptors as well. You got those three options for the Cavs. Um, The Wolves, I think they should sell Rubio. And some teams that Rubio can really help. I think he can help the Clippers. Um, I think he can help the Jazz. He was on the Jazz. So the chemistry for the Jazz, we've, he can be the backup point guard for the Jazz. The Jazz can be really scary if they can find a way to get Rubio back. Um, or I think Rubio can even help the Bucks. Then you got the Kings. Um, we got Bay He can help the 76ers with shooting, he can help the Nets with shooting. He can help the Bucks with shooting. Um, he can help a lot of teams. He can even help the Jazz as well. You even have Buddy Heald. I think he can help the 76ers. Um, that's the only team I think he can fit on. I think he can help the 76ers. I think he will fit nice as like the fourth best player on the team instead of being having to rely on him to be the second or the first best player. Or even Harrison Barnes, which is a guy I don't want to trade, but he can help out the Celtics. He can help out the Heat. Um, he can even help out the Bucks, as well as the the Jazz. I think he can help out those teams. Versatile. He can play the 2, the 3, and the 4. I always say it's consistent. He can play off ball. Um, he scores on people that's his size. He's quicker than the people that's taller than him. And he's going to muscle up the people that's smaller than him. Um, the Bulls, they're thinking about... They're thinking about buying out Otto Porter, and that's the one with the Warriors. The Warriors are thinking about getting Otto Porter. If they can get Otto Porter on a cheap deal, then that means they can probably uh, trade Kelly Oubre if they don't plan to pay him. You got the Rockets, Oladipo. Now, that's a big one. Um, I heard that the Warriors are interested in him as well. I think Oladipo can really help out um, the Heat. He has point guard skills. I think he can help out the the Buck. I think he can help out the Bucks as well. Um, that defense would be insane if you have Drew Holiday, Victor Oladipo, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez. That would be insane. Um, I think the Heat, yeah, the Heat, Warriors or Bucks would be a good spot for for Vol- Oladipo and then you got the Hawks potentially. Now the Hawks, you don't know if they're necessarily going to be selling because the it's interesting who's going to be selling and buying this year because the playoffs is 10 teams. So it's going to be stretched out a little longer until the trade deadline the last day because we don't necessarily know if your team is out the playoffs yet. You know, technically the Kings are still only two or three games outside of the 10th the 10th spot and we're sitting at 13th sp- 13th place. But um, with the Hawks, you know, Rondo can really help a championship contender team. He hasn't been good this year in the regular season, but he's proved time and time again he takes it to another level during the playoffs. I think he can help the Clippers. I think he can help the Jazz. I even think that he can help the Buccaneers. Why do I call them the Buccaneers? The Bucks. <laughs> I think he can help out the Bucks as well. Now, those are the Sellers. It's gonna be interesting what happens with the trade deadline, but we'll see what happens as time progresses. Now, I like to talk about the Kings. Let's talk about the season. All right, let's talk about the season so far. Now, I'm gonna just go over the players, you know, um, who I like. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna just do a little recap of what I have seen and what we have right now. Now, I don't, now should we sell and tank? Now, there's a way to put that. Now, I think we should sell. I for sure think we should sell, but I want to compete and play good basketball. I want to be like the Thunder, in a sense, this season. Now, let's go over the roster. Now, Tyrese Halliburton, that's been the biggest bright spot of the season. He will be a star. He's going to be good for our future, and it was a great draft pick. We actually won the draft. Attention, the Sacramento Kings have actually won the NBA draft. I told you it was a new decade, it ain't the 2010s no more, a new era, all right? we're in the 2020s and we won the first draft of 2020, so we'll see where it goes as Monty McNair is our GM moving forward. Fox, he's going to be an all-star soon, the only thing that's holding back, holding him back from being an all-star is team record, I would like a little bit more from him on defense, but he's definitely not the worst defender on this terrible defensive list team, defensive team. Rashawn Holmes, he leaves it out every single night. I would like him to be a sixth man. We rely on him to be our starting center because he's that good. He does his job defensively. He just suffers from height advantages from the other bigs in the conference. Um, he's basically like Montrez Harrell. Him and Montrez Harrell was going at it on that Wednesday night when we faced against the Lakers. Um, that was fun to see. But he, can be a, he, he has potential of being a sixth man of the year, to be so honest. He brings great, great energy off the bench. He can guard multiple positions. He has this unstoppable push shot that I'll be able to tell my kids one day. Um, he's high from field goal percentage. The only thing that he lacks is height when it comes to the bigger centers. I would love to bring him back. You know, you. know, I like a guy who is willing to play hard every night, and that's what we need. We need more guys like that. Buddy, he needs to go. I hope we sell him. I hope we sell him to the 76ers with Baelisa. Um, is a pro's pro. He, brings, he does his job. He does what he's supposed to do. He does not deserve to be on a rebuilding team. He can help a championship contending team. So the dream the dream is to send Buddy and Bailisa to Philly, get a vet in Danny Green, an expiring contract, get an expiring contract in Mike Scott, and get the young prospect in Matisse Dibuil or a first-round pick. I would prefer Matisse Dibuil because he is a defensive weapon, and that is exactly what the Kings need. So I hope Buddy... Gets to get an opportunity to compete for a championship as well um, with Philly. We know that Buddy Heald is never going to become an all star. He's strictly a shooter, but he is an elite shooter, and I think he can help Philly with that. And he and with him helping Philly, I think Matisse DiBio can help Sacramento, bringing that defensive, um, being that defensive weapon that we desperately needed, and changing the complexion of the worst defense in history. Bagley is an interesting situation now there was a rumor that Bagley were that Sacramento is listening to trade offers for Bagley now my thing is he's young and he's improving um but am I willing to when his his rookie contract is up am I willing to re-sign him and I'm thinking like nah I don't think he really wants to be in Sacramento anyway I'd rather get guys who wants to build the culture than don't want to build the culture um he still doesn't get minutes towards the last fourth quarter because he simply hasn't deserved it um just because he's drafted number 2 doesn't mean he deserves those final minutes over Rashawn Holmes cuz Rashawn Holmes has shown that he's better in every single aspect. He's been more efficient on offense and he's been way better on defense. But Bagley's still young, figure it out. But I am willing to trade him if we get something good in return. If we get in a first round pick for Bagley, you know what I'm saying? I will take it. Um if we can get a a piece and a first round pick like I don't want no second round pick for him and Honestly, if a team doesn't want to trade a first-round pick for Bagley, I understand. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't trade a first-round pick for him. But if we can get one for him, then I'm willing to. So Corey Joseph, he shouldn't be on the roster next year. Uh, We have to rely on him for way too many minutes. But I think him being a vet for Tyrese Halliburton is definitely going to help Tyrese Halliburton in the long run. Uh, He's a good dude. He's just I don't think he fits in today's NBA game or in our system because we're trying to play fast. He's more of a slow player. Um, when he's off ball, he's not an efficient enough shooter as the off ball. And defensively, he's just kind of a mismatch because of his height. He can be a pest sometimes, but, you know, this NBA guy is able to still get a shot whenever they want, and his size is going to always be a downfall. And if you're going to be at that size, you got to be different offensively, and he's just not different offensively. Whiteside, it didn't work out. We still can't use him in certain lineups because he's just too slow. He doesn't have the motor. Um I do like his defensive presence, but I think we can sell him. I mean having Whiteside on a minimum deal is not gonna, you know, cause me pain. It's not like we gave him hella money or anything. So maybe we can sell him to the team, hopefully get a second round pick for him. You never know. Or maybe a super young player, a project player that we can hopefully develop through the G League and Harrison Barnes is the main moneymaker um, he has a lot of trade value right now and for very good reason but I would love to keep him for with this team moving forward um, for the simple fact is that he's just so consistent he's a good leader championship experience and he seems he has it figured out right now in his career right now you know he's only 27 28 years old and um he seemed like he's figured out I don't I don't see how Harrison Barnes is any less than a Jeremy Grant or a Gordon Hayward, to be so honest. And they're way, they're making way more money than what Harrison Barnes is making. So I think we got him on a bargain and his contract. He makes less money the further his contract goes down. And he can score on three levels. I already said what he can do. Play the two, three, or four. Be consistent. Plays a lot of minutes. He can score. He can shoot the three because he's shooting at 40% this year. He can score on defender. He's going to muscle up defenders smaller than him. He's going to be quicker than the defenders, taller than him, and he doesn't need the ball in his hands. He can be that third or fourth option that we need, and he's a good veteran presence and a mature leader. So I love Harrison Barnes. I hope we don't trade him. And the reason why is because the clock is ticking for Fox now. Yeah, we have him on this five-year deal, and if we if we um, don't give Fox a chance to win, respectfully, he's going to want to leave. Simple as that and i don't blame him i can't blame him you know i think he's given everything he um i think he's given us everything he can and you know there's gonna be that time where if, if we're not contending you know if, if his contract is up and we still ain't making the playoffs he's gonna want to leave so if we sell this year we have to make the playoffs next year we have to no ifs ands and buts um we have to, or we're just going to lose our star player. And that's the reality of it. So I think hopefully we can make it work out. I trust our GM. That's it. That's that's what it is. So hopefully we can keep Barnes. So at the end of all this, do I think we should sell? I do think we should sell. I think we should sell Buddy with Baalisa, Um and also Whiteside. Keep Barnes. As far as our coach, I don't really care about the coach. The roster has more issues than the coaching struggles, in my opinion. Um, You put any coach to coach this roster, they're probably not going that far, um, to be so honest. Maybe, well, I mean, obviously, if you have Popovich, you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, you look at the Tom Thibodeau situation. If the Kings were in the East, we would be a top 10 team in the East. But because we were in the West, and with the, the bench, then the lack of bench that we have this year. And the veteran players being so bad on defense. This is not going anywhere. This is not the roster that Monty McNair built. This is the roster that Vlade Divac built. But So if we sell, um, hopefully we can get a good young player. I'm not really caring if we get a top five pick. I know how good they are. But at the end of the day, it's the culture of the, the organization. So unless we fix the culture, um, we won't go nowhere. Um, and that's building a winning culture, displaying good basketball every night. Once we start doing that, then we'll start going somewhere. So I think we should sell. Hopefully we make some moves before the trade deadline, but we'll see how the season progresses. And that's going to be it for today. I got work in two hours. It's fun being back. Hopefully I don't let it get this long where I don't record an episode. I believe it's been a week. Remember, I have let it get to months before. We're not letting that happen again. And, yeah, I enjoy being back, talking about this to y'all, being my nerd self, talking hoops. And, yeah, I hope you have a wonderful evening, whoever's listening, wonderful morning, whenever you're listening to this. Um, Just know that the Kings will be on the rise soon, all right? And you yourself should be on the rise soon. Don't let life get the best of you. Just take it day by day. Relax you know, take it slow, ain't going nowhere, be happy that you're alive, appreciate the things that you do have, whether that you don't have, and keep it pushing, all right, we all in this, things are getting better, Um, you know, there's always shitty things, but hey, look where we at with COVID, not saying that it's great, but it's way better than before, and we're moving to a new direction in life, so we'll see where things take us, and with that, I am gone. Peace.